The Productive Woman, Episode 391. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. This week, we're going to talk about creating a to-do list that actually helps you get things done. You'll find links and additional information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 391. So this week, we're talking about creating a to-do list that works for us. And I was inspired to think about this topic from a chapter in Laura Vanderkam's book, The New Corner Office, which I recommend. I listened to this book during a long drive last week, and um, into the first chapter, I was wishing I could stop and take some notes because it just got me thinking about some things. Uh, Among them, this idea of a a to-do list that actually works and helps us get stuff done, you know. A to-do list or a, a task list, as I often refer to it, is is often one of the first things that come to mind when we think about productivity, because in order to get stuff done, we have to do stuff. But most of us have a lot of things to do, lots of commitments we've made, lots of interests, lots of people who are important to us and who rely on us for, for various things to do goals we've set, projects we're working on at work and at home, dreams we hope to make come true someday. Different stages of life mean different and and sometimes competing sets of commitments, priorities, goals, projects, and therefore tasks, things we need to do. And all of that can make it a challenge to keep track of all the stuff that needs to get done. We need a system. And one of the fundamental building blocks of that system is a to-do list or, or a task list. But maintaining a perfect task list isn't the goal. And I wanted to say that up front to make sure we're all thinking about that. This episode is about creating a workable task list, but the perfect task list isn't the goal. A task list or a to-do list is a tool. Its purpose is to help us get the stuff done that's important to us. And so we're going to talk about that. Um, And let's talk about, first of all, the purpose of a to-do list as a tool. What is it supposed to accomplish? It really, in my mind, has two functions. First of all, to capture things, to capture those tasks, those things we need to get done so that we don't have to hold them in our head, which means we can relax knowing that these things are preserved and we can use our minds for more creative work and problem solving. So the first and I guess most fundamental purpose of a to-do list is to capture those tasks, those things that we need to do. And the second purpose of it is to organize those tasks. Because when we have everything on our list, we can approach our tasks strategically asking ourselves, okay, are there any similarities among these things that I have on my list for this day or this week? Can I batch any of them? Can I get some efficiencies that way? 
Do I need to enlist the help or input of someone else for any of them before I can get started or assemble supplies or get some information? Does one or more of the items on my list need undisturbed focus time to get it completed? And if so, when will I carve out that time in the day to do that? So to me, those are the the sort of basic fundamental purposes of a task list. And understanding and keeping in mind the purpose of a tool helps us to use it most effectively and to get the right tool, right? Because there are lots of ways we could do this. We could capture and organize, um, but knowing that that's what we're trying to do with this tool will help us choose wisely and use it well. Lots of us have to-do lists. Uh, lots of us, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have have that system in place or have that habit of creating a to-do list, whether it's something you do every day or occasionally when you have a particularly busy day or week and you want to make sure nothing gets um, slipped through the cracks. So most of us use a to-do list or a task list in some way, and yet we may struggle to get things done, to get all those things done that we want to do, need to do, that are part of our our productivity. And I was thinking about why is that? If we have a tool in place, why does our task list fail us? Why are we not getting the things done? And I think there are a number of reasons why that might happen. If you struggle sometimes, as I do from time to time, to to get things done despite the fact that I have a to-do list in place. And there are several reasons why this might be the case. It's, it's, you know, our task list is failing us because of how we're using it, I think, because we're not really thinking about those two fundamental purposes of the list and we're doing something else with it. I think one of the main reasons why our task list fails us is because we're listing projects rather than tasks. And I talked about this a you know a long time ago on episode 130, so you know 200 plus episodes ago, we talked about uh, making sure that what we're putting on our to-do list is actually tasks we can do. Uh, often when something stays on the list for a long time without getting completed, it's because we can't identify how to do it. It's too big. It's too time consuming. It's too overwhelming to even think about. And when we step back and really think about it, it may be because it's not a task. It is a project. And when I talk about the difference between tasks and projects. And I'll put links in the show notes to some other episodes where we've talked about this in the past. But in my mind, a task is something that can be done in one location with one set of tools in one period of time. If it takes more than that, if it takes more than one session or more than one location, or more than one set of tools or actions, then it's a project, not a task. And so if you've got something on your to-do list that has lingered there for some period of time without any action being taken on it, consider whether it is actually a group of actions 
and therefore is a project. And so break it down into steps that um, can actually be completed as tasks. That does a couple of things. It gives you an in. It makes, uh, makes it possible for you to get started and it makes it possible for you to make some progress and cross something off your list um, that uh, will give you that momentum to keep going. So for one example, just from a recent work week for me, I had a very complicated document I needed to draft for one of my clients, and it kept getting pushed aside for other tasks and things that were easier to get started on, easier to do. And I realized, okay, this drafting a document is, in a sense, a project. It is not a task. I could sit and do it in one session, but there were a lot of components of it that were holding me back and making it too hard for me, you know, sort of mentally to get started on it. So I broke it down into tasks. First of all, I spent 10 minutes searching on the firm's document management system for other similar documents those that I had prepared in the past and those that, that colleagues had prepared. And after a 10-minute search, I found a couple examples that were for similarly structured deals governed by the same state's law that I could use as a starting point or, you know, to get ideas of, of how to approach the problem that this document was supposed to solve. So that that was 10 minutes. That was a task I could do. And then a while later in the day, I spent 20 minutes rereading the deal terms and the other existing documents for the deal to make sure that I understood what the party's goals were, how this new document would interplay with the existing ones. So that was a task that I could do in one setting that would move me down, you know, toward the goal of of getting this document drafted. After I'd done those two things, and these were things that I could fit into um, segments of the day without having to spend long periods of time that that I felt like I couldn't afford in a certain day. So 10 minutes to, to search for examples, 20 minutes to kind of reincorporate into my thinking the deal terms and what the parties were trying to accomplish here. Then I spent 30 minutes just filling in the factual information in my document that didn't require any creative thinking. Filled in the party names, the addresses, the dates, the dollar amounts, the easy stuff. That was an easy starting point for this document. And once I had done that, it became easy to flow into doing the tougher analysis and drafting, the deep work that this document required because I had built momentum and I had crossed some parts of it off the list. All those things were not at the heart of the project, but they were steps that needed to be taken and got me started. And that's what I'm talking about when you're looking at your task list and you've got something that's been on there for a long period of time. Can you break it down into small steps and write those on your to-do list instead of just you know draft this complicated document or whatever your project might be? Another reason why our tasks list fail us is because we are creating a wish list rather than a to-do list. This was um, something that I heard in Laura Vanderkam's book that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that really caught my attention and got me thinking about this. 
we often do this. Um, she, she was quoting someone that she had interviewed who talked about a tendency to do this, that she wasn't getting the things on her list done because she, she was really creating a wish list rather than a to-do list. The things put on there that are aspirational, but a to-do list should be practical aspirations and ideas and possibilities, things like that should go somewhere else. Maybe the the someday maybe list that David Allen talks about in his book, Getting Things Done. Those kind of things should go there, capture them for sure, but don't put them on your working task list for the day or the week um, because you can't get them done. They're not doable tasks and they just hang there Uh, making you feel bad because you haven't done anything about them. Uh, The third reason why our task lists often fail us is because we've simply got too much on the list. Vanderkam in her book refers to this as the sin of impossibility and says that it's surprisingly common. A lot of us do this. We are too ambitious or we overestimate the amount of time or even more common, the amount of energy we have available for the day to get things done. Or we're hesitant to say no or to delegate. So we've got all this stuff on our list. And when we are hesitant to say no or to delegate, we are usually succumbing to two big lies that we tell ourselves. The first one being, if I can do it, I should do it. And that's why I'm not going to say no. Or we don't delegate because we we buy in, whether consciously or not, into the, the lie that if I want it done right, I have to do it myself. Or nobody else could do it as well as I can. Almost all the time, that's not true. Um, and it's short-sighted for sure. But it means we end up with way too much on our to-do list to actually be able to get it done. And our to-do list no longer serves us uh, the function that it's supposed to, to, to provide, which is to capture the things we're actually going to do and help us organize and strategically plan when we're going to do them. So what should go on our task list? Well, tasks. Uh, as I was talking about a minute ago, they should be discrete actions If it takes more than one step or more than one session, it's a project and break it down into the smallest steps and put those on your to-do list. What else should be on our task list is tasks we're actually going to complete. Um, As Vanderkam says in her book, ideally your to-do list is short enough to become a contract with yourself. Once an item goes on the list, you're guaranteeing that you will do it by the end of the day. And that's an important thing. You are our task lists and lots of other things in our life don't work very well if we don't trust ourselves, if we don't keep our promises to ourselves. And so our to-do list should be this sort of mini promise to ourselves that I'm going to do this on the day that I've put it on my list or the day that I've selected for it. Um, in her book, Laura Vanderkam goes on to describe something that I've certainly experienced, and maybe you have too. She says, there is no virtue in putting something on a to-do list and then not doing it. It's just as not done as if it were never on the list in the first place, only now it's sitting there mocking me in its undoneness. And you know, we end up feeling bad. We feel, we we create this 
image of ourselves in our own minds of someone who doesn't do what she says she's going to do. And most of us don't want to be that kind of person. So what should be on your task list is tasks you are actually going to complete. And I'm talking here about your working to-do list for a day or for a week. Nothing should be on there that you are not going to do, that you don't fully intend to do and you haven't made a plan for when you're going to do it. The third thing that, that should be on our task list is a realistic number of tasks. So I think we need to differentiate, and I've kind of mentioned this already in this episode, about things we're going to do someday and the things we're going to do today. And this episode, I'm talking about that working task list, that working to-do list for this day, today. And so I think we need to, most of us need to keep a separate kind of a running master list of tasks and projects, um, whatever comes to mind, because I do encourage you and myself that when you think of something that needs to be done or that you want to do or that you want to consider doing, it should be captured somewhere so that you're not kind of, it's not floating around in your head, distracting you from the the work that you want to do on any given day or the relationships that you're trying to nurture, whatever it is that's actually going on. So do definitely keep that running master list. I personally keep my master list in a um, digital task manager just because it's easier to move things around and delete them without having to recopy everything. And then I keep my daily list, the things I'm going to do today on a piece of paper in front of me on my desk. So keep that running master list of, of tasks and projects, and it can be as long as you want it to be. But for your daily to-do list, that working to-do list, limit it to three or no more than five top priority tasks that actually must and will get done that day. Um, on any given day, there are lots of things you could do, maybe lots of things you think you should do. But when you are looking at the list for the day, the working list, what are the things on your master list that would have the biggest impact on your work, on your career, on your personal goals, on your relationships? Evaluate those and prioritize just three, ideally three, but no more than five, depending on what else you have going on on the day. Obviously, if you have a day with lots of appointments or you're running errands or whatever, you're going to have a shorter to-do list of priority actions for the day than a day where you're just going to be in your in your home or your home office or your you know your workplace all day and you can kind of put your head down and knock several things off your your bigger task list. The value of limiting the number on your working to-do list is it forces you to prioritize. You have to choose what's going to go on today's list and why is it there? Why this and not that? And spend the time to think about that. When we overplan the day, when we don't have a realistic number of tasks for a day on our list for the day, we leave no cushion for when life happens. And I don't know about you, but life almost always happens for me. A client calls with an emergency. A child gets sick, or or we do. 
a friend or a loved one needs your support or a caring conversation that you hadn't factored into the day. Your computer malfunctions, requiring an hour on the phone with the IT department to get it working again. It seems like those things happen when we have planned a day with a long list of things we plan to get done. So we just need to know realistically that stuff like that almost always is going to happen. So focus on a realistic number of tasks, given all of that we've talked about. And, all, you know, of course, if you're able to, to, you know, go through that, those three, four, five top priority tasks, and you still got several hours of your workday left, you can always go back to your master list and say, what, what's the next thing I want to pull off of there and do it? Or you can choose not to. You, you can say, I, I did the things I said I was going to do today. I've crossed them off my list. Now I can go do something fun or, you know, whatever that my work day is done. Uh, so our, our task list should have discrete actions, tasks we're actually going to complete, a realistic number of them. And realistic means looking at not just the number of hours in the day, but also realistic considering your health and your energy level available and all of those sorts of things. What is a realistic number of things for you to get done today, tomorrow, whatever day you're thinking about. And the other thing that should be considered when you're putting your to-do list together is both current immediate commitments, but also action steps toward your longer term goals. This is a really important thing that I think gets forgotten uh, if we are not thoughtfully, intentionally putting our to-do lists together, making time to plan and think about these things, we can get just tied up doing, you know, the urgent, uh, immediate things and forget, you know, I had this goal to write a book or knit a blanket for my friend's baby or whatever the thing is, you know, your longer term goals that are going to take a period of time or to redo your resume because you want to make a career change, whatever those longer term goals are, make sure that your to-do list, your working to-do list includes tasks that move you toward completion of those longer term things as well, and not just the immediate things that are yelling at you. So a few practical tips to consider in creating a functional working to-do list that actually helps you get the things done that are important to you. One of them is, and these are in no particular order, just sort of as I thought about them. Um, One of them is to consider planning for the week rather than for the day. Our days flex, right? Many times we have certain things that need to be done at some point during the week, but not necessarily on a particular day or at a specific time. So personally, I like to start the week with a, a list of tasks for the week on my plan. And that's going to be more than three to five things. It might be, you know, 10 things or, you know, at most I try to keep it to a dozen or less for the week. And then each day I choose two to three of those to get done on that day. These And, and Vanderkam kind of supports this approach. She says, our schedules tend to repeat on a weekly basis, not a daily basis. And this slightly broader view of time allows you to manage personal and professional tasks with a sense of abundance because you don't have to do everything that matters tomorrow. 
So consider uh, planning for the the week, having that list of things. These are my priorities for this week. And then each evening or first thing in the morning, depending on how you like to do your planning, select the two or three things you're going to get done on that day. Uh, Another tip is to consider when you create your list for the day, add an estimated amount of time that each task is going to take and try to be realistic about it. We're not we're not really good at knowing that. We tend to think we can get things done faster or conversely, we think something's going to take much longer and and thus it gets put off. But make a, a, a you know an estimate, a realistic estimate of the amount of time you're going to need for each item that you put onto the day's list. And you know, to get better at estimating, you might want to consider um, timing yourself doing certain tasks that you do often to get a more realistic sense of how long each one takes to complete. But keep in mind, though, the the virtue of intentionally setting time boundaries around our tasks. So instead of thinking, well, this thing is going to take me an hour to do, look at it from the other perspective. I have 45 minutes to work on this task. I've got to get it done in that period of time. The reason why this is a, a great perspective and a great way to think about this is something known as Parkinson's law. You may have heard of it. The, the idea that work expands to fill the time available for it. And it goes both ways there. So, you know, as an example, cleaning that normally would take you an hour or more gets done very quickly when you get a phone call that somebody's about to come by to visit or that uh, the realtor is bringing somebody by for a showing. Uh, You know, think about that. You've probably experienced something like that. Another example is kind of goes the other direction. If you have no pressing deadline, either that someone else has set for you or that you've set for yourself, a report for work that could be written in half an hour ends up taking half the day. Work expands to fill the time available for it. So if we are strategic and thoughtful about this, we can simply set those boundaries around time and say, I'm going to give this this much amount of time and no more. A third practical tip is to use tools that you enjoy to create your to-do list. You don't need something fancy. I recommend something as simple as a three by five index card for your daily to-do list. But the best tool is the one you'll actually use. So if it gives you pleasure and makes it therefore more likely that you'll use it, get yourself a pretty to-do list pad or a a nice notebook and a a fancy pen that you enjoy writing with. You can find all sorts of pads and notebooks that are expressly designed for use as a pre-printed to-do list template. Check out Target or Walmart or Etsy. There There are tons of them there. And grab something that you like and that you'll enjoy using it because then you're more likely to actually do it. Or if you prefer digital, find an app that you find easy and enjoyable to use. There are lots of them out there. Everything from as simple as the, you know, the reminders app on your Apple device to uh, complicated and uh, very robust task management systems like OmniFocus that I've talked about before. And I will put links in the show notes to a few episodes uh, that I've done in uh, past years talking about ways to choose a task management tool or system. But find something you enjoy 
because that makes it more pleasant and more likely that you'll actually do it. And the fourth thing is to create a routine for planning. Set a specific time each day or each week to plan your task list. As Vanderkam describes it in her book that we've been talking about a little bit, um, the, the New Corner Office is the name of the book. She says, this designated weekly time allows you to pause and reflect and ask how you'd like to spend the next 168 hours. Ideally, you plan your weeks before you're in them, which she says is why she plans her weeks on Friday. She says any dedicated weekly planning time can work, but for her, Friday afternoon in particular has the benefit of being a low opportunity cost time. You aren't doing much else, and it's during business hours so you can reach people and preserve your weekend, and it lets you hit Monday ready to go instead of trying to plan Monday during the Monday morning crush. And I think she's got a point there. I think that that setting aside time uh, on a Friday afternoon to plan the coming week can be a great way to let you go into the weekend feeling like you've got things under control, you know what's going to happen next week, and you can relax. And so she goes on in the book to describe it this way. She says, on Friday afternoons, take a few minutes to think through the week ahead. Make a list of your top priorities for the week. I like to use three categories, career, relationships, self. Some tasks will already be on your calendar because of plans you've made in the past. Others will be things you'd like to do as you take steps toward your long-term goals. Figure out when these tasks can happen and any logistics required to make these activities possible. Um, She says if you're managing employees, you can check in on their work goals for the next week and give any appropriate guidance. If you're reporting to someone, you can increase the odds of being managed by task, not time, by setting and sharing realistic but challenging goals, ones that would make any reasonable supervisor say, yep, that would be an awesome week. Then she says, after you create a rough plan for the week, so you're not you're not tying yourself into this. You're just creating kind of a, a rough plan for the week with your key priorities for that coming week, like we were talking about a minute ago. So she says, after you create a rough plan for the week, revisit the schedule each evening to think through the next day. What do you still need to accomplish? Note anything that has to happen at a specific time, like calls or meetings, and anything else that should be done by the end of the day. And this can help you as you start making your daily to-do lists. So I think that's a great system. It doesn't need to take a lot of time. And you can set, you know, just set aside 15, 20 minutes on the same day each week to do this, to look ahead to the coming week and start creating your list. And I would say, although she makes a compelling argument for Friday afternoons, there really is no magic in the day. I like to do mine on Sunday afternoon. I it, it, it just works for me. But choose a day and a time that works for you and stick with it. Get ahead of things by giving some thought to next week before it begins rather than just reacting to things as they come along. And the fifth kind of... A practical tip I would suggest with respect to creating a functional to-do list is don't spend a lot of time managing the system. Keep it as simple as can work for you because your objective isn't to have a 
Pinterest-worthy checklist of things that you're going to do next week is to get the things done that matter enough to you. So a productive life, even a productive day, doesn't just happen automatically. If we're not strategic and purposeful about it, the tyranny of the urgent directs our attention and our efforts, and other people plan our life for us. And then days, weeks, even months pass with no action taken on the goals, projects, and relationships that matter most to us. So it requires us to be intentional about how we use our time, making sure that we have a simple, functional system in place to both capture, schedule, organize, and complete the tasks that come up for our attention and to make sure that we're taking action one small step at a time toward accomplishing our long-term personal and professional goals. That is the whole purpose of having a to-do list is to accomplish those personal and professional goals that are important to us. So those are my thoughts. I wonder what do you think? How do you manage your to-dos and get the things done that are most important to you? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this Um, share your ideas with each other and with me so we can help each other be more productive on a very practical daily basis. You can share your ideas here, your questions, your thoughts in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you will find at theproductivewoman.com slash 391. You'll also find links to a couple of great books on this topic, including the the one, uh, Laura Vanderkam's book, The New Corner Office, that I that kind of inspired this episode, and links to past episodes where we've talked about creating a to-do list and making it work for us. Uh, so you'll find those again at theproductivewoman.com slash 391. You can also post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page, or if you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, uh, you can post it there and we can continue the conversation. As always, if you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, I'm always happy to hear from you. You can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I promise I will read it and I will get back to you as soon as I can. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I I hope you felt like it was helpful. I hope you got something out of it that you can take into uh, the rest of your week. And I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.